guys. It's time for another edition of Make Us a Mixtape. Uh, we have a special edition uh, due to the virus that's going on. We had special guests lined up. Um, we're kind of bummed that he didn't show up. Yeah, big time. A L- lot of older guys, you might remember Kurt Loder from MTV uh, was going to stop yeah. in. Um, friend of the show. Friend of the show, a big fan. Surprisingly, Huge he had a fan. lot of input on uh, on a couple of the mixtapes that you guys made. Um, and then we had a backup plan for that, too. Uh, I, I forgot. The lovely Serena Altschul was going to be here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, but in light of the fact that, uh, you know, it was MTV, uh, we, we decided uh, to do a special edition. And uh, how, how would you describe this edition, Marty? This was your, your This is baby. my idea. So what I like to do. Uh, besides uh, uh, taking psycho uh, uh, hallucinogenic drugs and listening to ska music, I like to go back after I get a good buzz on and get on YouTube and watch old MTV specials. I'm talking uh, ultrasounds. I'm talking true life. I'm talking uh, the week in rock or the year in rock are my favorites because you get the whole year uh, in a review. And you, you don't watch like Cribs or anything like no, that. No, no, no. I have no These time are the for real. Crib. I want the, the hard news. The, the news. Yeah. The hard news. Um, and if you have any specials that you like to watch like this, email us, Paul, the address is, uh, Paul Marty mix at gmail.com. So what I recently watched was MTV ultrasounds year in rock 1999. Paul, do you remember 1999? I vividly remember 1999. I was a young lad, uh, out of school and, uh, doing, uh, bands. I was in bands. You were in the music biz. I was in the music biz. I was, uh, uh, in law school, and I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a one-hit wonder uh, in my band, Shoeshine Boy, and then I'm going to use that uh, that power, that uh, fame, and go into politics and do good. Wow. Didn't happen. Yet here but, we are. But here we are. Yet but you're I, here with me. I feel like with the podcast, uh, that's going to be the second chance, because the podcast is going to blow up, and then mm-hmm. I can run for for president you uh weren't too hip on this episode you tried to talk me out of it multiple times i did i, I just wasn't sure what the, the the thing is is about the pop culture in 1999 this was a little after at this point in my life i was listening to different stuff that sure. wasn't on mtv sure and you were stuck in uh, indiana i assume no no no, no no and in, in this 99 where were you milwaukee okay yeah home of the promise ring who does the uh <laughs> inspirational theme song for this not we, the theme song but the song we we base this podcast off yes um so, to me, and we talked about this. Well, MT- first, tell me what what was going on, Milwaukee. What were you? What oh my were you god! Doing I was the most depressed I ever was. Okay, uh, I was in the midst of. Uh, well, this was ninety nine into two thousand, so my sister had passed away. So I wasn't going out a whole lot. I was very depressed. I was home watching. MTV. MTV. I mean, I would watch, uh, you know, all the shows on MTV. It was one of those where this was a point where if if I had the TV on, I would first go to MTV. That was like the first de- yeah. first destination. We you always check. Like everybody did MTV or VH1, and then Comedy Central if you had movie channels or whatever. MTV was still still a uh, you know a, a good channel. I would still watch. They were the, playing videos. Yeah, and they had cool shows. Like, the VMAs were still a big yeah. thing, and the shows were my favorite part. Yeah, which in retrospect's like, oh yeah, what about the videos? Eh, the music wasn't great. I'd still watch 120 minutes or. Um, you know, there were, there were other, you know, uh, MTV sort of shows to get your, and get VH, your fix. And VH1 had the storytellers things. They yeah. they had those cool stories, the, they did. the shows too. But- so again, I'm a sucker for year enders and there's some good ones. And what's interesting, like, especially if you watch like an MTV year in rock, like 90, you're like, man, the tastemakers were just such nerds mm-hmm. where it was like. 
they're like, and we had some Christian acts, and it's like, and then and it was like such soft rock. It was like everything was so e- like easy to digest. 90s. The I mean, most of MTV you yeah. watch a lot of this, and it's like, well, I don't know about these guys. And some of this stuff holds up though, but most of it didn't. Most of it doesn't. So what this is, it's it's a. Uh, a year ender with correspondence, uh, the aforementioned Kurt Loder, Serena Alchel, Chris Conley, who was like the movie guy, mm-hmm. uh, and John Norris. John Norris is the one, uh, he has got kind of fucked up teeth. He looks like, a yeah. little, little weebly. Chip monkey. Yeah. yeah. And it was kind of funny because uh, in my research, I saw that the Onion AV Club did a, a little blurb about this. And some of the comments I was reading where people were kind of like, yeah, it's weird listening to these, like, you know, all the men at least, like older dudes, like all 40 and up. Who were oh, kind yeah. of commenting on, and Kurt Loder is kind of creepy. Talking about, about like Britney like, Spears. He's like, oh, she's hot, but I don't, I don't want anyone to yeah. that hot. But anyway, it was creepy. Wait, the Onion, uh, the article you read was written back then. Or yeah, was no, it, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. It was probably about uh, four or five years, okay. maybe four years ago so or something. In retrospect, yeah, just kind of talking about it, and they they embedded the uh, the uh, episode on YouTube. You can also check out or whatever. Um, so of course it's 1999. So you have to do the top nine. Stories of 99. Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't do that? Yeah, it's 99, smart. baby. Uh, we're going to go. Uh, Are we doing it in order that they did? Yeah, it we're going to go okay. down it uh, bit by bit. Um, I, I don't want to have like a big like, oh, what's number one? Number one was Columbine. That, okay. And there's really no big. We don't have any. No, you know, sad. we're going to keep it to, to the music. Um, one thing I will say is if you were interested in Columbine, uh, you know, for whatever reason, there's a book that is called Columbine by Dave Cullen. And it's fantastic. So that's my my book review. It's an yeah. awesome read. It's uh, it's fantastic. And it, and it's and if you want another thing, I would say uh, Roger Moore did a thing on Columbine, and it, you know whatever you think about him is irrelevant. You mean uh, Michael Moore? Michael Moore. Roger, Roger Moore, Moore was James <laughs> Bond. I was like, <laughs> I just saw I him on. Know that he got this right. I know. Uh, I just saw him on Johnny Carson. Oh, Roger nice. Moore was a guest. I was, yeah. I'm watching a lot of. I that. bet he looked real cool. But Michael Moore. Uh, the one thing that was good about that is he interviewed the guys from South Park who grew up in Trey Col- and Matt. Yeah. And they had the best thing to mm. say about all of that. I disagree. Really? Marilyn Manson had the best oh, part yeah. of that. When he goes, what would you say to them? And he goes, nothing. I would just listen. That's uh, so did, That's what those guys Very said. Very poetic. Too. Yeah. Marilyn. Uh, all right. Anyway. Anyway, we're going to get into this. This is MTV's Ultrasound, Year in Rock, 99. We need the music. Yeah. All right. Uh, number nine. I don't know how much you're into this guy at all. Uh, let's play a little bit of his song, and then we'll get into it. Oh, baby. What does this song make you think of? Oh. Something new. Stop. Drop. Shut him down over DMX. the shop. So, oh, DMX no. used to hang out in uh, Lincoln Park. What? Yeah. Are you serious? At a local bar here called Marquee Lounge. Why? I didn't know who he was. I, I saw him once. I didn't go inside. When he was like in town for... It's just, uh, it, I don't know. Maybe he has a, a side piece here, but... Unbelievable. Like recently or back in the day? Uh, as recent as 10 years ago. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, so old DMX. Old DMX. Okay. Yeah, he used to go to Marquee Lounge and people would be like, there's DMX. He had a posse of people and I'd be like... Who's DMX? I mean, I kind of knew who he was, but I didn't know which one was. You really was. don't know much about DMX? I don't. Other than wow. what I learned from, you know, the beefs uh, of the the hip hop beefs that were happening in his part, uh, to the extent. But he no. was a wild card, man. Yeah. He was real wild. Yeah. Um, he made good news. There was that thing too, and I was talking to uh, my girlfriend Sarah about this. 
so many of these people, I'm like, they were like just such celebrities. And it's like, now we have just, it's gone. It's all gone because we, social media and accessibility and stuff. Too many, there's more information. And back then the, the tastemakers, like you said, decided what we would talk about, sure. what we'd watch. And MTV was playing DMX. Oh yeah. And they would always report, Oh, he got arrested or Oh, he was uh, fucked up. He it's got, you know, boy. he got tossed in jail. He got caught with this. Um, and it was interesting too seeing like guys like Jay-Z just, little oh yeah you never know if he's gonna show like just little bit parts and it's like oh you're gonna be a gigantic star i love that that's why i love watching these but with dmx um at the time it's it's interesting with a lot of these artists where you can see like oh yeah i know why you like this i know why mtv likes these people they make for good Good personality mtv was always drawn towards the courtney loves the Mm -hmm. dmx's the madonna's unpredictability or a storyline that they can sell Yes, and let's just put a watch. camera in front of them. Let's hear what they have to say about things. He was real outspoken. He was just like, I don't really care about the fame and all that stuff. And they had like Jay Z, and he was just like, yeah, he doesn't care about like awards and stuff. Because like, I think MTV was going to give him some award, and he just didn't show up at the VMAs yeah. or something. And Jay Z was like, that's just he doesn't care about that stuff. It's kind of funny. Back then, Jay Z wasn't wasn't as popular, no, right? And, no. and now, I mean, he runs he runs the world. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's true. TMX kind of well, I don't know what happened to him. I mean, the last time I was uh, doing comedy in Michigan at uh, Dr. Grin's, he was doing a concert next door. Oh, no way. Yeah, like a smaller venue. At that same, at the... Not in the oh, not in that center. The yeah, barn like or a, a, a little separate thing, like across the street. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Him, Down the street. Yeah, him and... Uh, God, I can't think of who else. But, um, you know, I mean, he's somebody who probably gets on some, like, summer festival uh, bills. Yeah. And, um, album. I don't think I was asking some friends I find who know a lot about hip hop. Like, where does he rank? And the and they're like, he doesn't really rank. Um, he had a couple big hits. He had some hits, it. but at the time, I would say, uh, was he a flash in the pan? They're like, no. Like, there's this level in between Mount Rushmore and One Hit Wonder, you know. And he probably lives more towards the One Hit Wonder because he had some hits. Yeah. Uh, one of my buddies, Dan, was like, he put out too many albums too quick. Oh. And he burnt people out. He was out. like the Ryan Adams of, of rap. A little bit. He burnt people out, and, and everybody was just kind of like, well, okay, uh, I guess. And they got a little, you know, and then there's that thing, too, of the un- unpredictability, and then he kind of let his personal life, or demons, as we say in the wrestling business, get the hold of, well, get a hold of them. In every business. Demons? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like that. That sounds tough. Uh, the next category, uh, or the next uh, number eight, was Slow Risers. This was like... All these artists put out a, a lot of albums uh, that just bombed. There was a lot of like sophomore efforts from people like uh, Foxy Brown. You, could, you know, who, you probably don't know. Yeah, who Foxy I know who Brown she is. is, but yeah. Uh, the Paula Cole band. Paula uh, yes. Cole. I do remember watching that on the episode, and they kind of shit on her. Yeah. Because that was after her time. She had the Paula, Paula Cole. Was, da, 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 where have all the cowboys gone? I don't want to wait. There was a couple yeah. of those. So uh, Nine Inch Nails, they make, they make a note that like Nine Inch Nails, Puffy, uh, and Missy Elliott all put out these uh, sort of sophomore albums. They all kind of tanked. Mm-hmm. But the story was this year, and again, it kind of shows like the kind of boomers that were in charge, the then boomers that were in charge. Uh, the big story of the year was how like Cher and Lenny Kravitz and Whitney Houston put out these albums that really didn't do anything at first, but then they got their big hits, and all of a sudden, whoosh, do they you were believe huge stars. Uh, Cher? They started the the whole thing started with talking about how how she blew up, how Cher. Everyone didn't see her. They thought horizon. her career was over and she was kind of a goof. Uh, and then she put out. This, this. is the second time she kind of blew up. This, uh, maybe this. even more. Like she's known I mean, for her comeback. In our generation. In our generation. Right. There was she the, had the. If I could turn, turn back, back time, time and then this. 
And then uh, I'm sure there's something after this, probably, mm-hmm. right? I don't think so. Here's where she kind of became like this like gay icon, right? Yes. All right, let's play do a little you, of do you Cher. Believe, right? Believe. Believe. Get ready for Auto Tunes 99. We didn't know what it was. No, we didn't know what we were getting into. Unavoidable. You That's another funny. thing with these songs. They were unavoidable. It, it's funny is it was it was one of those songs where I listened to it, but I was like, I wouldn't let people know I liked it. You liked it? I mean, yeah, it, oh, I did. I think there's worse songs than this that would constantly be playing on the radio because this is another one of those that they played on MTV. They played on VH1. They played on a whole lot of radio stations. It, and it appealed. Here's here's how brilliant it was. You know, you got all the old share fans who are going to support her because they believe in the story and they want to be like, hey, you know, they were the original boomers. Sure. And then uh, and then you have all these young kids who are like, hey, this song's popping. It slaps a little bit. They can dance to yeah, it. Yeah, it's a I'm good sure there song. Were it's got 8 hooks. Million, I'm sure there were 8 million remakes. This was the Whitney Houston song they were talking about. This was her big... Uh, uh oh, this is a remix. This is the. Th- I, I can't remember this. Song. This is. What was the name of the song that you were trying to. It's not right, but it's okay. This was kind of her. That. They tried to make her kind of like, oh, you uh, gay dudes like uh, like icons, right? Hey, what about Whitney? We kind of tried to push her for this. Friday night, you and your boys went out to eat. This is not the version I wanted. I'm going to do a, uh, a bold move here and just fast forward the song to get to the chorus. Do it. I don't really remember this. You'll know it in a second. Hold on. This is a remix. Believe this. We're wasting this much time. But the reason why is because she hasn't. Here we go. Do you know this song? No. Yeah, it was like a dancier song. But anyway, she put this album out and it was a big old flop. And then this song hit, and then it became popular again. It was started selling units, and and that was where uh, that Chris Connolly was like asking her about it, and he's like, "Oh, was that was that a bummer at first when it didn't?" And she's Did- like, uh, "We're not talking about this. <laughs> I'm still here, and I'm not going anywhere. Thank you very much." She was so mad. Do you think she was fucked up in that part? So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe a little. But I mean, you could see the like, "Don't fucking tell me my album tanked," and then it got slowly but surely climbed back up. And then also they were talking about Lenny Kravitz with like. That's the one I was talking about. American Woman and Fly Away and all those songs. See, it, it's funny how Lenny Kravitz is not in the um, in the picture anymore. Um, but back then, and, and now that you know, I've been cleaning out my place, I went to so many Lenny Kravitz. I was such a big Lenny Kravitz fan that I forgot, you know, because those songs didn't hold up. Yeah. American Woman, all that stuff. No, Fly Away. Fly Away. Those were songs that every... If you went to a bar, it was either playing on the bar or a cover band was covering it because there were easy songs to cover and everything. But he was so big back then. Yeah. And now, what? what is he? What is he doing? <sighs> I mean, he, he's still... I feel like he's more just famous for being famous at this point. Does that make sense? With uh, with Isn't his kid really famous? His daughter's on... Yeah. Uh, no, she's a big actress. She's in a lot of stuff. They redid High Fidelity with her on Hulu, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, is he still married to Lisa Bonet? No, um, Aquaman is. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I knew that. I saw her. He's like Lenny. They always Jason. make Jason Momoa. They always make note with Lenny Kravitz whenever they say who he's dating and her age. Then they stick in his daughter's age to kind of make him seem like a. a How creep. old? Yeah, 
Uh, oh, the Momoa guy? Or? No, 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 no. Lenny. Because okay. they'll be like, Lenny Kravitz is dating like supermodel so-and-so who's 23. His daughter's also 23. <laughs> and they, they love doing that. He most notably recently was playing a show and he um, squatted down and his leather pants ripped and his big old dong came flying out. Oh, that's right. Yeah. His balls came out, I thought. Was it his dong? Too? No, because I think you could tell he had a pierced penis from some, if, if I'm recalling right. But I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know. But anyway, that was uh, that was a really boring category. The slow <laughs> risers. I was like, what? Well, they I, were like the they were the they were the acts that are like huge. Yeah, or or I thought maybe they just were like we gotta get like we gotta get you know Sharon and Whitney in and all this stuff. Uh, oop, that's the next category. It's hard to do this with just you and I, where there's not yeah. a guest and you talking, where I can kind of get things going. Get thing, yeah. Uh, well, if you heard it, I'm sure you know it. Uh, this next this category, was a big thing on on this episode. The Pop Tarts. Britney Spears, she came out with Hit Me Baby One More Time. Christina Aguilera's Genie in a Bottle. Uh, Mariah Carey, who I thought a little embarrassingly was like, oh, yeah, I'm like a sexy teen, too. Uh, she had her song Heartbreaker. Uh, and they talked about TLC as kind of the alternative to those sort of like songs. So in the in the book that do I you, need to play Hit Me Baby One More Time? I mean, no, we you played in play like a second of it. So people, you know, the song, yeah. right? OK, there we go. So here's the thing. In that book that you recommended that you didn't even fully read, yes, but I have that I'm, I cherry picked. I'm fully read. Your favorite on band now. is killing me. Uh, Stephen Hayden uh, talks about the rivalry about Britney, and he taught he says the same things that you essentially and I were saying about how Kurt Loder is like talking. I mean, this was a created fucking drama. Yeah. Oh, so throughout this, uh, and they kind of they kind of did it back then too. Yeah, in, in, real. In I mean, special. a lot. They kind of talk shit about these groups. Kurt Loder was weird because he's like, "Well, they're hot, but so so I guess it's okay." Which was like, Ugh. well, what what Stephen Hayden said in the book was Britney was kind of like you know they were both kind of vying to be the next Madonna, right? Britney and Christina Aguilera. Britney and Christina Aguilera, and Britney, and in this episode you see it. Uh, she kind of was like every time they'd be like, "Oh, you're trying to sex, sex, sell sex." She's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." Yeah, she like was dude. In this the, denial. the photo that they they showed her performing at the Nickelodeon <laughs> Kids in Awards shirt in a little nipple. crop yeah, yeah. top white shirt with the hardest nips that yeah. would give any Jennifer Aniston friends hard nips or run for right. its money. And then they interview and she her. Goes, it was just cold, I guess. <laughs> like I wore it in the video, and it wasn't a problem. That's that's the best right. part of the episode is if you watch the 99 episode, she's in a limo. I think, yeah, with I like, love these interviews with them in limos or the like, one with Fred Durst on the tour bus. <laughs> Like I fucking love those. She's just like I don't know. I wore that same shirt. Yeah, like uh, I don't see what everybody's it's the same shirt I, I was wearing. Yeah, I don't see what everybody's. Problem and then they show is. Christina Aguilera is like I have that same shirt. Yeah, I know. It's like <laughs> I can get my nipples hard too. Like it was such a one one up. And then and then of course and I, I I I literally think this was the beginning of Mariah Carey losing her mind because oh, she that- had like a bit of a midlife crisis of being like I'm hot and sexy too and probably the same thing Janet Jackson did. they probably starved themselves had personal trainers 24 hours a day had doctors being relevant. like we must make you tiny we must make you able to wear a bikini they had like pictures of Britney and Christine they're like I mean, you got to you got to motivate them but how do you compete with like a 17 year old girl you can't. like but they were out but in this episode they talk about Mar- Mariah Carey again her yeah. album blew up yeah, yeah. Big year she had her. hits. She, I mean, she, she, as far as almost anybody you talk about on here, has consistently probably been the most successful. Yeah, I mean, and you throw in a, a you know, losing her mind also. In even that. even when she, uh, you know, she starts losing relevance, you know, every year around Christmas, it just her stock I mean, rises again every time. <laughs> she baby. has that song. It's uh, what a brilliant move. On yeah, her part. and there was definitely, I think, some you could tell from talking to. Whether it was Kurt Loder, Serena Alchel, Chris Conley, or John Norris, there was a level of kind of like, I don't really, 
I, could, no I would like it. my job would be more fun if I liked the bands. Yeah, yeah. It kind of seemed more like that because then we were getting into this celebrity is more important than the music. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure, you know, it's so funny where it's just like, Oh, just five years ago was like 94. And we're talking about Nirvana and that, you know, and music was so important and stuff like that. Uh, hip hop was becoming so essential and everything. And now it's this, this felt like a real, uh, creative, uh, low tide. I also feel like if you watch the whole episode, uh, there was not, at least from my perspective, Nothing that was played except a little on the Woodstock stuff that they talked about later, Woodstock '99. None of those were. None of it was music I listened to. No, and this is that you know they they talk for you. About, I don't think that's true though because that was the new metal stuff. I the, mean, I was I was aware were, of it. Yeah. Uh, I was aware of it. <laughs> I feel like that's where you know this the, was. This were there were so many artists on this and genres that it's like I'm aware of who they are. I know their songs. I could tell you the name of their album. I could probably tell you who produced it because I read a story about it in Rolling Stone, but I don't like this music. Mm-hmm. And it, this was once MTV kind of stopped becoming as essential as it was. It's so easy now to just go like, who's the one? You know, like yeah. I, you got to really be a big because st- this is like like um, Billie Eilish. It's like, do you know anything about Billie Eilish? Just very little. Right. And it's like, but if Billie Eilish was Billie Eilish back then, you'd know all her Everything. songs. You'd know who she's dating. Where she grew who, up. Yeah, yeah. Where she grew up. This and this and this and this. You'd know all that. Well, they would do a specials on pe- like up and comers sure. or whatever. Sure. Uh, speaking of up and comers, this guy uh, not only became uh, one of the biggest names in music, uh, but also ushered in what was called uh, number six, the Latin pop explosion. Oh my God. It's Ricky Martin. This is, Living. can you believe La Vida, this song is 20 years old, 21 years old? Sure. I believe it. It's crazy to me. Did you, when they talked about that, uh, so they, they kind of talk about how Ricky Martin had this big performance. He did the song The Cup of Life at the 41st Annual Grammy Awards. Did you remember seeing that? No. Dude, I remember seeing that and being like, I'm not into this music. This is not my type of music, but he fucking crushed it. What was it? Well, why did you think it was so special? I guess. I mean, if you watch it, you'll go, "Yeah, he crushed it." You, okay. you can you can appreciate whether it's comedy, music, whatever. Somebody crushing it, and it's not your cup of tea. I mean, I never liked his music, but I never was like, "Ugh!" Like, I he's, mean, he's a talented guy. He had the crowd going. He it was a huge he's band. Good. There was a gigantic band. It was a big stage show, uh, and he did this whole whole big thing or whatever. Well, well, they they spent a whole. It's kind of funny if you if you watch. The Latin pop section yes. of the the episode. Yes, the Latin from, pop explosion. Yeah, they said they were taught. They were like subtle things that if you're like uh, thinking about politics, you're like, oh, what are, what are they trying to say? Because they're like, it's been an invasion of Latin. Music. Yeah, yeah. And it was like there wasn't they there weren't subtle, and a lot of it was kind of like the stuff was not as you know it wasn't a, it wasn't thoughtfully worded. It wasn't some, a problem. No, know? no, no. There, there were no like, problems. There were no problems. That, but except for the fact that Santana uh, made an album with Rob Thomas. Well, let me tell you about some of the other people that that. Uh, oh yeah, Ricky Martin smuggled these other talents into our ears. Uh, basically, is <laughs> what they say throughout this. Um, so they talk about the Latin pop explosion. They talk about his big performance that kind of was like, oh shit, who's this guy? Uh, of course, live in La Vida Loca. But then you had Jennifer Lopez, yes. who did uh, "If You Had My Love," which was a very fun video. Uh, Enrique Iglesias, "Baila Amor." I pl- I was him for Halloween in 2003. Did you wear like a big yeah? Mole? I just put a big mole on my you face. Fucker. Uh, Mark Anthony had that song "Need to Know." Yeah, 
Carlos Santana, of course, one of Paul's heroes. No. Uh, Teamed up with another one of Paul's heroes, Rob Thomas (laughs) from Matchbox Matchbox 20. 20. It's funny that that album won so many Grammys that year uh, with Santana. Carlos Santana Smooth was the longest running single of the year. And that song is unlistenable if you listen to it now. I always remember. I don't think I liked it even when it came out. Do you remember the story about how when Rob Thomas wrote when he came up with the lyrics, he drew, he wrote on his wife with a Sharpie, the lyrics. No. I remember one of my, had I done stand-up back then, I would have been like, I would have rather pass out at a party and had someone draw a dick on my face. <laughs> like, I just, that was one of the first things where I was like, I think I can write jokes for a comedy. That's actually, you should, yeah, I think you could still do that. Oh, I think it's a little, pa- I think the time might have passed. Um, but, but definitely uh, that, that Carlos Santana album, again, you couldn't avoid that because it was on everything. It was on VH1. It was on MTV. Yeah. It was on most radio stations. And that was one of those things, too, where... Did you, CKG play Carlos Santana's songs? They did play Smooth, yeah. Yeah. And there was another one. There was uh, actually other songs on that album that were not as painful to listen to. I don't remember you all of them. You and I get together. There was another Rob Thomas song, I the, But he, he, had, he had a collaboration with... Uh, he had a collaboration with, I think... A bunch of... It, were all, it was uh, all collaborations. What's her name? Uh, Michelle Branch. Michelle Branch, a little yeah. bit of this, a little yeah. bit of that. Yeah, yeah. that was kind yeah. of a decent song. And then didn't he have one with uh, with our girl, Lauren Hill, too? Uh, I would probably think he did, actually, the so. more I think about it. Yeah. But um, going back to your joke, that's a good joke, man. You yeah. should you should do that. And, and nah. did they, are they still married? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> that's, what you, that's how you bring it back, Marcy. But, but, but in the, the divorce, she changed. gets... Uh, <laughs> the culture has changed because... Uh, you don't really draw penises on people, and they pass out anymore. That's kind of a a, a bad a bad thing to do. Is that? I thought that people still do it. No, nah, didn't do it anymore. What do they draw? Nothing. Hashtags. Nothing. Yeah, hashtags. <laughs> uh, number five was kind of boring, but they're you know MTV and they're in the movie. They're doing the MTV the Movie Awards thing. as well. Millennial movies, which I thought were movies about millennials, but no, uh, millennial movies. <laughs> uh, the big movies of the year: The Matrix, The well, Sixth w- Sense. It Bur- wasn't millennials. It was millennial. Millennium. Millennial. Millennial movies. wasn't right. A word not yet. not a word yet. Um, but basically, this was The Matrix, The Sixth Sense, Blair Witch Project. That was so funny. They're like, uh-oh, Heather Donahue, she's going to be a big star. It's like, oh, no. Uh, they talk shit about The Phantom Menace. Uh, they talked about like teen movies like American Pie and Varsity Blues. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Matrix I never saw still to this day. Yeah. Have you seen it? Of course. You've never seen Matrix? I haven't seen any movie you're supposed to see as a man. Oh, uh, and then they had this song in The Matrix. The soundtrack for The Matrix was pretty good. They had some fucking bangers. Do you know who this is? I use this as my backyard wrestling theme song for a little bit. What is it? This is Rob Zombie's Dragula. Uh, this is as 99 as it gets, baby. <laughs> oh, man. I love this song so much. You didn't like Rob Zombie? No. White, did you like White Zombie? Do I like what? White Zombie. No, I didn't man. like any of them. I know who he is. I, we've already covered this. I, I think... Uh, Oak Brook didn't. Where I grew up, we didn't really get. I guess so. I guess so. I I, I did, and in that book too, uh, um, your favorite band's killing me. They talk about the whole Megadeth and Metallica thing. Like Metallica was like the hardest I ever got. Although Guns and I was a huge Guns and Roses and Van Halen fan too. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I wish. uh, I a lot of the new metal bands really didn't hate each other that much. You kind of hear. Especially later on, Corn would talk a little shit about Limp Bizkit about being like those are the new metal bands. idiots. Yeah. yeah, the new metal bands. Uh, number four, another genre that I'm not into, the boy bands in control. 
So there was a funny line in there, but go ahead. The whole theme of this story. Oh, Robbie Williams steals the show as far as this goes. Who they'll they'll talk about in a second. Um, So anyway, we've all heard we've all heard these songs. But anyway, uh, this is kind of so all these bands, your Backstreet Boys, your Insync, they're all putting out like their second album now. Ninety nine degrees, yeah. And they're all kind of like, hey, we. We don't want to be like totally just controlled and ripped off by these, you know, rich white dudes. Like there's that Lou Pearlman or whatever who was like the most famous of all of them, uh, and they're all trying to say like we're real artists, we're the real ones. We and then the can... cookie cutters that yeah, come out, yeah. yeah. And then like they cut back to like guys like Kurt Loder who's just like fuck off, like just go away. You're <laughs> well, not doing anything new. If you just listen to it and don't watch it, like the lines that they say are yeah. like funnier than watching their facial expressions. What's funnier is watching it and watching them say this and all of them just look so checked out. They're all looking down or like looking away. It looks like it's there was a line where he said, you know, you can't just have cookie cutter bands come out every year. Yeah. Was, one of them was saying it. Yes. But if you just w- don't watch it, it looks like Kurt Loder could have easily said that. For sure. About them. And they were like, all trying to like. Yeah talk themselves into being like, we're not going anywhere. Like, get used to us. We're not going anywhere. And it's so funny where you're just like, I guess of all of them, we still have to deal with Justin Timberlake. That's it. Uh, Nick Lachey's in in the spotlight a little bit. Really? Well, he was. I mean, for a while he was. For a while he was. He's got a show on TV now. I don't know. It's like... uh, Maybe they host stuff. Yeah, he hosts. He's a personality. Yeah. But uh, the Backstreet Boys... They had a a reunion show last year was sold out with all these women in their 30s. Yeah, that is true. And the the Backstreet... uh, New Kids on the Block, too. I remember a lot of people I went to school with. New Kids on the Block was like the first... They were like the early 90s. Um, Late 80s, maybe even. Second album by the Backstreet Boys, Millennium. That finally broke Garth Brooks' uh, SoundScan record. This was when SoundScan was the big thing, and they could actually tell how many albums people were selling um they wanted to leave jive records they were like we got to get out of here because jive was screwing them on money and then also uh brought over in sync so i bet there was that little like fuck you brought our our clones well that's when they're our, shitting on yeah. them yeah that's when uh, so they on were suing the lou perlman um and they were talking about you know uh, eventually some of these boy bands they're gonna go solo and they talked about robbie williams who man mtv really wanted to make him a thing you could tell in wrestling it's called getting a big push uh, when it's like, okay, you're the guy, Paul. You're going to be next to Stone Cold. You're going to be. They even played out. They played out his. Uh, his yeah, song he was the, the, uh, the Millennium, but it was also yeah, Millennium. Yeah. Smart move, and everybody, everything was Millennium, Millennium. They, 2K. they gave him a lot of FaceTime. They did, and and he's another guy who MTV loved, like DMX, who it's like, oh, put a camera in front of this guy, he'll talk shit about anybody. He's, he was uh, very fun. funny, very charming. charming he was yeah. in a uh, a boy band in the UK called Take That. They were very popular. Uh, they had that song, I want you back. I want you back mm-hmm. for good. So he decided, hey, man, I'm a fucking party dude, and I'm a real bad boy. I'm going to go solo. Um, and he had some hits. Um, but he was being uh, interviewed, and they were talking. They were asking him about this, and he goes, ah, we're not even to the best part yet. The best part. And unfortunately, this really didn't happen with these guys, or you didn't hear about it. And he's like, the best part is going to be when they all hate each other. <laughs> all these boy bands are going to hate each other, and they're going to fight. They're going to fight on stage. You're going to be able to watch a show and go, okay, he hates him. He hates him. Yeah. They're fine. Uh, and then he was saying like, oh, and then they're all going to get hooked on drugs. They're going to have to go to rehab. He's like, it's going to be great. Uh, and like <laughs> I said, it never really it never really happened. Um, Kurt Loder is extra smug during this segment where he's just like, oh, it's nothing new. It's nothing really exciting. It's like I, bands do this uh, all the time. You know, are they really going to even be around a while? I also thought it was kind of fun where they were talking about like, these bands were really like taking their careers in their own hands. Like, in sync 
or, or I think it was the Backstreet Boys. The Backstreet Boys actually brought dates to the Video Music Awards. <laughs> and it was talking about like, because I guess back in the day, it was like, you can't appear to have a girlfriend because these fans, right. they want to be your girlfriend. Right. And that was such a bold move for them to bring and, dates and to the VMAs. Ricky Martin, too, had to, he couldn't come out yet. Because no, no, no. Because 50% of his uh, he Yeah, no, he didn't come out for Until uh, a while. 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Very That's interesting. Recently. Now. Well, not recently, but. I mean. Recently Within enough. the last five? Five years, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, and then the next category. I mean, you know me. You know this is right up my alley. Oh, 99, you God. have to do this. We're going to get into a little, a little bit of... Uh, uh, uncharted territory for Paul, but I I'm very familiar. Uh, number three, the rap rock hybrid, and uh, I mean we can just play a little of this right here. It sounds like an intro. Don't stand so close to me by the police. Doesn't. <laughs> they sounds like the it. beginning of an '80s cyberpunk movie. You'll know it in a second. I know what it is. What? Oh, I sent you the list. No. Sound like biscuit. Please hold. Please hold and enjoy. Uh. Oh, that was bound to do bound. Yeah. That's it's not like biscuit. Oh. I love how you're just so shut off to this major oh, yeah. wave of Your rock. Boy, kid. This is, uh, I don't know if he's my boy. I'm not going to claim him. You said that you, you're a big fan. I mean, he's got like some bangers. I'm not going to lie, he's got some bangers. You were the one that was defending him for being friends with Donald Trump. <laughs> I was, huh? Nothing. This does nothing for you. Well, I, I, I think I texted you before we started this episode. It, it's a great. This one in Cowboy, we covered it in my band, Go Top. It was a crowd pleaser. But it was funny because our drummer was really pushing for Kid Rock and everyone else in the band was like, oh, we're more like yeah. college rock, Big Head Todd, and we like yeah. Uncle Tupelo and stuff like that, and Wilco. And then he brought this to the table and we we're like, I don't think it's going to work. And shit, sure as shit, when yeah. we played Cowboy, sure. the crowd went nuts. Yeah. And, they, and this song, we just did the intro. They're just, they're the, party songs. Yeah. They're party songs. Uh, Your boy Kid. They basically highlighted uh, the three, three of the main, uh, especially in 99, three of the main players. Uh, Kid Rock, who uh, they called kind of the David Lee Roth of the late '90s, he was kind of the uh, the dumb party. Kind of leaned into that, yeah. Sure, uh, Fred Biscuit. Durst from Limp Bizkit, who they kind of portrayed as this businessman. You know, they were talking about him. You're being... the only one that you know. What's funny is you always said that too. I think yeah. in one of the episodes you called me the Persian Fred Durst. Yeah, but yeah, like I he never, was the, like, I never vice president attention. of Interscope and like head of like new recruiting bands and stuff. But like here's that. here's the thing: like I don't understand, like. I would just tune the fact all of that shit kind of sounds the same to me. Like the yeah. fact that I couldn't know that that was Dookie or Bounty. Like I, I, they all were the same to me. Nookie, you mean? Nookie, not Dookie. Dookie. Dookie's <laughs> Green what, Day. That sounds yeah, a little different. Dookie Green Day. I like. Um, but yeah, like that whole genre was right. something that I could never get. Behind. But it was making money. Yeah. So put the person who's the biggest bullshitter, the person who you think is the smartest of that group, and, but if and you have them go find other bands. But if you do, if you do like a demographic, if you took a map of America where they were the most popular, the places where you would see like the 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 most red would mm-hmm. be like Detroit and like all of Florida. Maybe. I mean, I think they probably sold out shows all over for a little while. Yeah, for because those people years would here. drive to all those from Detroit and Florida to go to. No, but I mean, I it was something I couldn't get behind. Although I do, 
I do like the Kid Rock songs, and I know uh, I pissed off a couple of our fans when I said my favorite Kid Rock song was Picture with Sheryl Crow. Oh, I think it's called Photograph. <laughs> photograph. No, it's um, Picture. Picture? I saw I a picture. picture. Oh, that's right. Uh, but anyway, oh, Photograph's uh, the Def Leppard song. <laughs> um, I just think it was interesting. This time frame is so interesting how the pop music was so popular, and then this was kind of the antithesis of that. And it was like, you either liked one or the other. If you were with MTV, you either liked one or the other. Well, there was a thing where, you know, I was still, radio was still uh, a big control. Sure. At that time. And uh, there weren't a lot of radio stations that could play. In Chicago, like, where would you hear, where would you hear Limp Bizkit? Q101. Q101, right? That's That's it. it. That is it. But then you have to also remember that Q101 is playing alternative, too. So there wasn't a lot of opportunities for these rap rock rap uh rock bands to break the t- you know cuz you have what 40 songs in rotation or whatever yeah. let's just say they're not going to play 40 rap rock songs there wasn't uh, a rap rock well, station but i guarantee they played more of these videos on MTV than like Absolutely. videos from Smashing Pumpkins Adore that year oh sure yeah but there was only like they were of- they were the musical guests yeah. on SNL they were getting in the movies there just wasn't a lot were, of opportunities for them it, with radio. I, I, I mean, they made the most of it. But they it, did, though. yeah. Yeah, of they course. made the most of it. And then and then maybe, uh, you know what? There might have been like a B96, which is our like uh, uh, adult uh, rap, pop, pop, dance. I don't think they would play that, did they? I don't know, man. I don't see why not. Some of them, maybe. Some of the more that seemed a little more authentic hip hop. And where do you where can you hear this stuff now? I guess on the radio. I guess the serious. I mean, serious. Yeah. I mean, goddamn, you get in a kind. Of, I've talked about serious before. They only play the same fucking hundred songs. songs. Yeah. And if you have any of those that are for this genre, you're gonna hear all these songs over and over and over again. Um, Eminem, Were there deep cuts on like Limp Biscuits that you listen to? No, I never bought uh, a Limp Biscuit album. I never bought a Eminem album or a Kid Rock album. When Corn? no. No, I but I was they would play them so much I felt like I knew but, them all. But that's but my point is wrestling that, would play these songs like crazy. Yeah, they but, were smart licensing out these songs also. Right, but my point is that like there's not going to be an opportunity. You're going to hear. You're never going to look like deep. Well, that's why they owe so much to MTV because yeah, yeah. MTV made made these bands because they played them so much. So what happens at the concerts for these bands? Well, then? we'll get into that. What do you mean by that? I'm just saying, like, how long? Okay, so let's say you go see uh, Lenny Kravitz. The Family Values tour, which was like a bunch of them. So their sets were, what, like 45 fucking minutes? Sure. Because people only know four of their songs. I mean, they're doing cover songs. Right. Yeah, you're basically getting, like, how a band goes out now and does the whole album. I would assume back then. I mean, you see Eminem back then. You're getting the whole album. Yeah. Maybe some well, Eminem's covers. Eminem's different. He's well, got he's so many He's grouped in with them. Yeah, yeah. And Eminem kind of gets the true artist label. And he's got the stamp he of approval. Right. But I'm saying at this time, right. he's kind of like, oh, you know, Fred Durst wants to be a businessman. And Kid Rock wants to have fun. But Eminem, like, this guy's a true artist. Um, you know, and Dr. Dre, the seal of approval. They all gave really good sound bites. Again, MTV loves Love all these man. dudes because they, you know, they'll get a little fucked up and do an interview and talk some shit. Um, they goofed on him a little bit. They still kind of um, were a little tongue in cheek on the um, on the MTV special. They all kind of goofed on them as like on they who? played all of them. As all a, of them. Okay, they right. played the Chris Rock hosting the MTV oh, yeah, BMAs yeah. and being like, "White Wonder- boys acting like black people" yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but they they did make it a point to say like they are not Vanilla Ice. These are real artists. Yeah. Kurt Loder even said he's like these are people who grew up with hip hop, so of course they're gonna like it. 
Like, it's not just like he goes, this is aging Kurt Loder a little bit. He goes, it's not like they snuck over to the black part of town. You know he wanted to say the Negro part of town. You know he wanted to. It's not like they were sneaking over to the black part of town and listening to jazz music. But basically is what he was trying to say, yeah. like, back in the they day. They stole it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, obviously. It added rock. Uh, Fred Durst, uh, still kind of like a, a punchline a little bit. He made a little yeah. resurgence of like, uh, you know, like people in LA will be like, oh, he runs this like real cool jazz night and it's like real chill and stuff. But then he just put out that that movie with uh, John Travolta. Uh, the Recently? F- oh my God. You don't know that John Travolta no. movie? In it, John Travolta <laughs> plays uh, someone with special needs who works on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And uh, I think it's called Fanatic. And he's obsessed with this celebrity. Uh, and the celebrity in the movie, Paul, Fred that Fred Durst directs. No, no, no. Oh. It's, like, it's a guy from one of those old like WB shows. And anyway, in it, he's got a kid, and he goes, "Hey, kids, want to listen to hear? Want to hear what Dad used to listen to when he was young?" And he played like Roland by Limpus. Uh. It's like get the fuck out of here. Um, it's funny because I have a joke where I mention the word Limbiscuit, and it's kind of like a letting you guys behind the behind the wall here. Uh, it's kind of like a test to see what how, how smart the crowd is, you know? If they yeah. laugh, what part of that, when I say that line. Yeah. There are certain times where you just say the word Limp Biscuit. Sure. And I mean, it's, everybody, you, know, you know what I mean? It's like a, a Nickelback reference or whatever. Yeah. It, it conjures up a very uh, definitive sort of sound. Or when whatever. you're talking about somebody that's requesting Limp Biscuit as a D, to a DJ, you sure. know exactly what that person looks like. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then you mentioned their concerts. Uh, I think these guys were smart because a lot of them they did the Family Values tour where they all grew, got together. They didn't want. They know that people wouldn't sit around for an hour and a half. For sure. Uh, yeah. None of these. None of these bands probably would have been very fun doing an hour and a half. And I assume it's a lot of covers, maybe a remix, maybe an acoustic version sets, yeah. of a song. You know, there might be some some uh, you know replaying of songs or whatever. Um, number two, uh, which is sort of our last topic here that we'll talk about. Uh, was Woodstock 99. Yeah. Now, it's so interesting that they did... You know who played there? Who? Wasn't Blind Melon there? No, uh, that, that might have been 95. Yeah, yeah I think was Shannon was, yeah. has, was passed away by then. Right, right. It's very interesting, the difference between those two shows. And and so... Oh, they, this is the one where... This is the shit shady, show. Yeah, this is the, the mud, shit show. The throwing mud. Uh, they move it to this dirt. Air Force base. So they, they move it to this Air Force base. So there was tons of concrete everywhere. Uh, and, and it was real hot out and these people were just like bacon. Uh, and this is where they like gouged the prices. Uh, water was so much corporate, food was yeah, so much corporate corporatized it very much. So, um, and, uh, day one went okay. Maybe this was like whatever the Saturday was. I don't know what day that was. I think it was Friday, Saturday. Is this Sunday. one where green day started the. No, again, that's the 95. 95 you're, okay. you're confusing the two. Yeah, yeah. 95 was so much more fun where it was like everyone was throwing mud. and uh, This is where there was sexual well, assaults. Well, yeah, there were eight rapes and sexual assaults that were reported. Who knows how many more. Right. Um, and uh, Day and two you were getting on to. Basically, the lineup went Limp Bizkit, Rage Against the Machine, Metallica, uh, this is the, pe- the Chili Peppers play. <laughs> Let me stand next to your fire, which is so well. The place is burning up. Um, but it was interesting because there's a there's a, a clip of it. And I don't know if you cued in on this because I watched this a couple times. I watched it once just for fun. Yeah. And once to do notes. Um, there they have a camera in Fred Durst's face right when they got off stage, 
And he was like, they that's where they did breaks shit. And they were like, we'll tear this fucking fuck piece yeah, and tear yeah. this shit up. And if you don't like me, shove a Birkenstock up your fucking ass and all this stuff. Right. And, I mean, inciting a riot, maybe, maybe not. But definitely <laughs> he went heel on the crowd there. Um, and they you know, shoved the camera in his face. And he's like, wasn't our fault, man. Wasn't our fault. He Not knows, our fault. He knew, he he knew right away. And then they show an interview from them later uh, at, a, at a later date. And they're all just sitting on a couch. And he goes, our monitors weren't working. And I didn't know there was a lot of issues. And I couldn't see that far out in the crowd. And I didn't know what was going on. You know, it was it was very Meanwhile, interesting. There's like cam- there's videos next to him yeah. on both sides. And it was yeah. just like people were starting fires everywhere. Uh, he was crowd surfing on a piece of plywood. <laughs> Uh, not crowd surfing. He was performing on a piece of plywood. Yeah. I mean, it was it's it's wild. The the Woodstock '99, uh, it just killed the brand. You couldn't, you can't do. I don't even know if people would want a Woodstock nowadays after that. And that's how fucking what how much of a shit show this was. It killed this money making brand. Well, I mean, there were it, there's things that take its place. Obviously, there's sure. Riot Fest. Well, and that's what they talked about. They were like, "Don't do this again." They're like, "If you're gonna have a music festival, give it another name. Yeah. Like, don't, don't don't call don't it Woodstock." Fuck it, yeah. Um, but I thought it was kind of interesting and it was just like, it was just, I'm watching it. I was like in 99, was there any part of you that's like, I want to go to Woodstock? No, I had no, no. Well, here's the lineup in full. Okay. Uh, Aerosmith, Bush, Chemical Brothers, Creed. Mm-hmm. Creed had a meltdown there too, right? Didn't something happen with him getting drunk? Scott Stapp. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was a different show. I don't know. Uh, Cheryl Crow, DMX was there. Ever- there was a, there was a thing with Creed where they, Took a little time to get on stage, and then yeah. I think Corn made fun of them. So it started. They, they held fight. up a show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Fat Boy, which you can never do in a festival like that. Every minute Hold is up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Counter for uh, Fat Boy Slim. Forgot about him. Yeah. Everlast. See those she, DJs like the Chemical Brothers and Fat Boy Slim. Those are good acts because they could just basically DJ. Right. You know. Um, John Fogerty. Oh God. <laughs> what was he doing there? Holy shit. Hole. Yeah. Ice Cube, Corn, yeah. Limp Biscuit, Live, the band Live. Sure. All right. I would have seen them. Los Lobos. I didn't know they were there. Metallica, Alanis Morissette, Willie Nelson, Rage Against the Seat, Red Hot Chili Peppers. So I mean, some good bands. Yeah, not bad. And if you're just doing these short sets, you know, probably everyone's doing like 45 minutes. I imagine that some of those other artists are doing longer sets. I mean, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, as much as I hate them, they're not going to do a show for 45 minutes. Even for the money to just go, I'll just take my money. Willie Nelson, I mean, he's not gonna show up for him. To, if he's showing up, he's oh, think like Fogarty and Nelson probably played at the first Woodstock, right? Or Willie? No, I don't think Willie played at the first Woodstock. I, I bet Fogarty did with CCR for sure. I don't know. He might have been the only one that played at the first one. They were trying to they're trying to tie it all together. Yeah. So basically, uh, kind of like a riot breaks out. They show when they're they're playing the uh, footage of an MTV producer must have been in the ear of somebody. And they're just like. Yeah, they just took down the vending. We're, we're getting out of here. They just took down the vending machine, the, the trucks or <laughs> yeah. whatever, all the vending equipment or the 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 concession stand. Like, we're getting out of here. Um, that's one of those where I'm like, if I'm, you know, uh, an MTV VJ, I probably had a fun time there. Carson Daly probably had a great time at Woodstock. Uh, you know what I mean? Just interviewing yeah. drunk people and you can go back to your trailer with air conditioning, air conditioning and a running bathroom yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Um, it's, yeah, it's wild. There's been a lot of... Uh, you know, uh, reports about it. And, and, you know, obviously, you know, 20 years later, a lot of people still look back at this and they're like, wow, that they fucked up a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there hasn't been one since for Woodstock. There has not, that put a nail in the coffin yeah. of Woodstock. I can't imagine there being another Woodstock. There was a movie, um, 
Woodstock where they they talk with Dimitri about, Martin. With Dimitri yeah. Martin, it's really good about the first one. Yeah, though, right? yeah. yeah. I actually, it's kind of funny. I actually liked it a lot. I don't know if there would if there was maybe like you know how everything is sort of cyclical. If there ever is like another sort of like hippie uh, movement or wave, I could see it maybe, or like. The hundred year anniversary. Well, of they Woodstock. had they had Horde Festival. Horde was like was huge. the new Woodstock, right? And then they have Lollapalooza, which is like Blues Traveler. Uh, That's all I could think of. Blues you know, Traveler, Blues Traveler. Black Crows played it okay. once. Uh, Big Ed's Odd. Uh, fuck, Widespread Panic. Okay. Those kinds of okay. bands. There um, you go. But yeah, and then you have you have Lollapalooza, which yeah. has a, its own thing. Riot Fest is growing. Sure, there there is Coachella. a place for those fests. Although I don't know what's going to happen now in this in this new world we live in. Who yeah, knows how it's going to work. It's, I mean, very jarring to be uh, drunk and high and watching this and seeing a hundred thousand people and being like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, and just so mashed together. Right, right. It's a, it's going to be a different world. I don't know how these fests are going to last. What was your What was your? Oh, it, at the end of this too, they kind of they, they they ask all the talking heads. Uh, what needs to go away, you know? And and it was funny. Everybody kind of got there. Oh, Serena no. Altschul's like, how about No More Poetry by Jewel? Oh, yeah. Um, they shit on her a lot. Kurt Loder, he goes, let's get rid of the pop stars and groups that aren't hot enough. You know, let's get rid of some of them. And he goes, and we can get rid of some of those new metal bands, too. Yeah. Um, and all I the like backup dancers. And uh, John Norris, who kind of was like, I need, how about some angst? Like, you know what I mean? Like, no more boy bands being manufactured. Like, let's get some angst. And it's kind of interesting. Because that's what happened. If you want to read a, an interesting, and I love, like, sort of piecing things together. So you watch this, and then you get a little, like, oh, man, what a bummer. But then you read uh, Meet Me in the Bathroom, which yes. talks about all these bands that were like, 2000s. fuck, these bands 2000s. all suck. Like, let's yeah. do something different. Um, the Ongoing History of Music has a really cool series of podcasts about the 2000s. Yeah. Um, that kind of talked about the there were just there there was this need for good bands, um, or good bands to get on everybody's radar, um, and it's so funny. Good in the sense this. of like uh, having legit credibility. With, yeah, yeah, with, and it's so interesting yeah. watching uh, whether it's a documentary like this or a documentary, whatever you want to call this, a show like this, um, and just being like, oh my god, like Napster's coming and it's gonna fucking wipe you guys out. Uh, the end of the music video really is yeah. coming and it's going to wipe you guys out. You know, these rock bands are going to come yeah, and yeah, fucking yeah. wipe some of you guys out. Uh, a lot of these new metal bands are going to go away. There's going to be, you know, like, right. it's just really interesting to think about like, oh man, in just a little bit. And that is the the sort of the the, the ebbs and flows with music where these, these scenes pop up and, and there's so many other bands that are just like, that were waiting to take all these people's spots. And it was like, yeah. this was kind of, you know, one of the last years that MTV was still kind of like the big, the tastemaker and the, the people who could make people famous. But I also think if you look back on the artists that they talked about in 1999 in this episode, yeah, this is 20 years um, ago. Mm -hmm. How many artists today are saying any of these people, maybe Britney is kind of an influence, but none of these people are influenced the music you hear today. No. Do you notice that? Yeah. Whereas if you took 20 years, so if you go to 79, which would be uh, 20 years before this, mm -hmm. there was a lot of music that to this day influences everybody. Creatively, you can look at this and say this is a pretty low time in music. Yes. I mean, it's but again, a very low time it blows my mind though. You watch a lot of these old specials and, 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 or look at like who was nominated for awards at, at the, you know, some of these like, 
sometimes you'll say like, oh, who they beat out for the, or who they lose to for like the best new artist or whatever. And it's like, God, it, to me, it's so interesting how the music industry is so, and I guess you've got to jump on what's hot and what's new, but it's so quick to be like, okay, yeah, 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 you, you're coming in. Like the Fred Durst thing. Yeah. Okay, you're, you're hot. You could be the president of a, the fucking vice president of a record company. <laughs> Interscope. Like right. what, is that a bad company? No, it's a great company, but it was, it, it, it's also just kind of like a PR move. Too. But it blows my mind. And he, I mean, he signed bands, yeah. you know? Um, but, but Madonna had her own label too. You got to remember sure. before that there were a lot of artists that made that transition and, uh, and, and wanted to oh, you know, yeah. look, they know, if, they know if, good music. And if you read, uh, like meet me in, uh, not meet me in the bathroom, everybody loves our town about mm-hmm. the, the grunge explosion in, in Seattle during that time. A lot of people got signed. A lot of bands got signed just cause they were like, who else? I mean, there are town. so many guys our age out there or a little younger who are like, yeah, I was going to be in this boy band and like we were going to be the next right. big thing. And then next thing you know, like nine eleven happened and nobody wanted to hear boy bands mm-hmm. anymore or whatever. Um, that that is all kind of uh, kind of interesting. There's certain types of genres that that survive everything. But then when you're hot, like all of a sudden, that's all people give a shit. About. Sure. And I mean, look at but, look at boy bands. I mean, yeah. there's still there's never there's never not going to be boy bands. Yeah. And I think Kurt Loder made that uh, same statement. There's never going to not be boy right. bands or like teen pop princesses that's just how it's going to be you gotta have music for kids if you're a kid yeah. i mean not every kid's going to be like oh yeah but like i new- like the i like uh, wilco you know what i mean like there's right. going to be bands that that kids who are kids want to hear but what are the bands that are like who do you know today like you know who's a big influence on me fucking limp well but everything has changed now because of the internet yeah but there's still people that are like making if that you have a music. little get it get a teenager's phone and be like, show me your playlist. It's going to be like, there's going to be old songs. There's going to be new songs. Yeah. There's going to be rap. There's going to be, because it isn't there's just like, yeah. it isn't just like, I just listened to this one radio station. Because back in 99, you were either getting your musical cues from most people. You were in the, sure. you were in a different case because you were in a band. Yeah. But um, most were people. from MTV. You were getting your musical cues from MTV. Uh, older from siblings, the radio station, radio stations. your local radio stations, um, yeah, Friends. or your all your o- older siblings mm-hmm. or the cool kids at school or whatever. Yeah, um, it's so interesting when you think back to like, I mean, this is getting into like payola and record companies and re- radio stations are like, oh, sorry, we don't play that because they don't pay us any money and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, who knows Different. who could have been the big bands, bigger bands back then? Um, but this was just you. You look at it. And it's just like it's it's a slick, well-oiled machine where you're like, oh, of course you like all these people on mm-hmm. TV. You know what yeah. I mean? You've got your DMX who's a little dangerous, um, but again, not saying anything crazy. He's not going out there saying like, let's kill cops or anything like that. Right. It's all mostly just like, I mean, for the most part, the songs that he's playing that they're playing on MTV, they're not playing anything super controversial. And if they are, they're editing the shit out. Yeah, of Yeah, and they're, and they're, he's getting right to the line, and sure. he's like, I'm not going to be they're still political or anything. They're still paying, you know, homage to. To your shares and your uh, uh, Whitney Houston's. This is another thing too. If you if you watch this episode and if you read, did you ever read the MTV book? No. I want my MTV, the oral no, history no, no. of MTV. One of the things they talk about with why they had to get rid of, um, why they had to get rid of music videos and play songs or and play TV shows was because. Um, when somebody would come out with a new album, it was like, oh great, Michael Jackson has a new album or Madonna has a new album. But when they don't. There would be like a whole year on MTV without Madonna. Mm-hmm. I mean, she could maybe show up at the VMAs or something and be like, "Ooh, did you see what she wore?" But like, if you're not putting out music in here, there was no 
no Nirvana. I mean, no, obviously no Nirvana. I'm uh, sorry. Um, but no <laughs> Pearl Jam. No, yeah, no Pearl Jam. No uh, Madonna. The only Madonna reference was like when they were talking about like Britney Spears and stuff, so and they're just the like, or oh, they're the next her. Um, you know who? Like no U two, no Michael Jackson, no Marilyn no Manson. Sting. I mean, not that he's as big as them, but it's interesting sure, sure. if you if that's the year where you're just touring, uh, and you you weren't in the news or yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, there was lots of people where it was just like, where did they go? But it's like that's the thing. That was the year, yeah, yeah. And that's why it was probably a shitty year for music. Look, I'm not going to lie and say <laughs> this was a hot year for music. This is not, you know, 94, 92. None of these songs you listen. Tell me this. Be honest. Yeah. I mean, and that Robbie Williams, by the way, you're right. They were trying to push him with for Millennium sure. at the end. Sure. None of these songs that they played during this whole hour mm-hmm. are is something that you've listened to in the last um, three months. Disagree. I have Rock. I have a playlist on my phone called White Trash Shit, <laughs> and I have Limp Biscuit, Eminem, and uh, well, Eminem uh, they Rock didn't really there. cover that much on this episode. No. They just kind of were like, uh, he got know. lumped in with yeah. those guys. So I have listened. Eminem, to those songs. I think it's great. I, I listen. I, I disagree with. I, I'm not saying that, but like, and you do listen to Limp Biscuit, so that's kind of. But yeah. I mean, they're on my list. They're on my playlist. But that's called the. When do you listen to that mix? Uh, white trash shit. I'll listen to sometimes if I'm walking to a show back when we were able to do comedy, I, w- I would walk to a show and listen to that. Uh, or, uh, or if I'm, uh, sometimes it'll be on if I'm, uh, cleaning the house. I could not clean. I can't. Yeah. And, and for those of you who don't know, before we started a podcast, Marty always tries to find a song that really will get under my skin today. Yeah. You didn't do it. You put no. Robbie folks. Cause you, wild, wild, wild by Robbie folks. Who, who, who I love. Cause but, his concert got canceled. And I'm but, uh, we, we are, we are out of time. Yeah. Um, where, where can, uh, where, if people want to listen to us, uh, what are you? What are you doing now? <laughs> <laughs> Did your brain instantly My go brain to? Was like, I, the, uh, the, uh, I, here's the where Paul has the guest where, plug. Where are we? Uh, where are we? No, no, no. Where can gonna, they find me on my fucking couch? Where Paul. Where are you going to be now? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I also have another podcast called Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. That's Please, what I was trying to get. To. If you like wrestling, check it out. Um, that's that's it. I'm and I got singles that, only. And I'm and I'm doing. Uh, I'm watching a lot of wrestling. I'm watching a lot of old movies, TV. And again, uh, if you have one of these specials that you want us to review, I have no problem reviewing it. Yeah. I've probably already watched it. I can recommend so many of these. Some of my favorites are the MTV, the History of the Headbangers Ball is a really good one uh, of just these kind of MTV trashy docs they threw together. That's a really fun one, the History of the Headbangers Ball. And uh, yeah. Um, also, if you've got mixtapes, you know, we are going to, because of social distancing, we're kind of limiting our guests right yeah. now and, and we are distancing ourselves. We're we six are. feet apart right now. Um, if you have sent us a mix, uh, and you don't live near us, we're going to be listening to those soon and, yeah. and, and critiquing those from and a maybe next week. We'll, we'll do like, uh, we will have a guest on. Yeah. We're going to have a guest. We have another guest, we have a few coming, guests up coming up soon. Uh, and then, and then maybe we'll throw a little, what we're listening our own to stuff, a yeah. little current mix. Yeah, that sounds good. And, and email us too. Check in with us, paulmartymix at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening. Bye, everybody. Tell me where you are. How to get there and how long did it take?